I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. We can help your company and your employees look forward to tomorrow. We know Irish life. We are Irish life. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes and it's also available on our website, irishtimes.com forward slash podcast. This week, my guest is Michael Stanley, the chief executive of Irish-listed home builder Cairn Homes. Earlier this week, I went to meet Michael on the site of Cairn's development at 6 Hanover Quay in Dublin's Grand Canal Docks. The company is building 122 high-spec apartments there over seven storeys. He gave me his thoughts on the housing crisis, the need for high-rise in Dublin, and his plans for the RTE lands at Montrose that Cairn bought last year. Before we hear from Michael, I was joined in studio by Joe Brennan, markets correspondent of the Irish Times, to learn a little bit more about Cairn. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Just tell us a little bit about Cairn Homes. Who are they and where do they come from? Yeah, so um, Cairn Homes is a uh, the first Irish home developer um, to come to market in the last uh, two decades. It went to it first listed in London back in 2015 when it raised 440 million. But if you, if you step back, the CEO behind the company, uh, Michael Stanley, and his brother, who was the chief commercial officer, uh, Kevin Stanley, they would have come from a long tradition of of, uh, of home builders. Uh, their father Joe and their uncle Sean set up uh, Shannon Homes back in the 1970s, and they spent a lot of the 70s and 80s and even 90s uh, building homes, particularly around Dublin, particularly in West Dublin. Uh, and they also did it in, in conjunction with, with, with Frank Fahey. Now, the background here is that the, the company was split up. This, this company, Shannon Homes, was split up uh, back in the mid-2000s. Um, and uh, Stanley went on to become the CEO of, of uh, Stanley Holdings. Um, and that was... Stanley. Michael Stanley uh, became the CEO of, of Stanley Home, uh, Homes this was back in 2005 and they went on to complete about 400, 500 homes between 2005 and 2007 uh, before the world uh, caved in. Uh, in that time they'd also sold off a chunk of land uh, to a developer uh, Donald Caulfield uh, which was the kind of the well-known well Belmain uh, development out in North uh, North Dublin off the, the Malahide Road. Um, so back in 2008, uh, they decided to mothball the company. They had about 100 homes uh, at that stage and they decided to rent it out and use it to uh, to, to fund the, the loans associated with the development. Now, the fact that they had about 50 acres out there uh, with loans landed them in NAMA. Um, so they continued to service the loans throughout the period in NAMA. But back in 2014, they decided, look at the economy is beginning to pick up again. Let's dust down the plans and see. In, obviously, there's a, they foresaw a major shortage in development 
and a, and a big demand for for homes over the over the next decade or so. So they decided to dust down the plans, and they went into business with a Scottish accountant, serial entrepreneur, which who had a background in bringing companies to the market, particularly kind of pub uh, chains to the the UK market. Uh, Alan McIntosh. So they put the, together this company, Cairn Homes. They went out to the market. They raised money. They put the the fifty acres uh, out in uh, off. Uh, Malahide Road in as a seed kind of asset into it mm. and went about raising money to, to acquire other But assets. it really has mushroomed in the past couple of years. They're now listed in, in Dublin. They've raised yet more money and they've bought more sites. Yeah, so, I mean, all told, they've raised £720 million, uh, including the IPO. Uh, and following the IPO, they, they went on to acquire a site out in, in, in Rathfarn, sorry, in, 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 in Rathgar, uh, which... Marianella. Marianella, which, which is... A lot of people will have heard flagship, of. Uh, flagship uh, apartment uh, development. There were her homes are going for you know a two bedroom home is going for about six hundred thousand. Uh, that's kind of the, the upper end. Most of their business is kind of geared towards kind of starter homes out in Lucan, Ashburn and Meath, uh, Greystones in 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 Wicklow as well. So this is the the the, the, the apartments is kind of a new leg to 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 the business. Um, they also um, because they're one of the few businesses. At the time that had access to capital, they were able to buy uh, loans. Uh, the Ulster Bank, Ulster Bank sold a, a portion of uh, development, residential development loans, and they bought that two years ago in conjunction with uh, with, with Lone Star. So they have been acquiring land since there and building out there. Mm. And of course, the RTE site purchase was probably the biggest. Yeah, in terms of publicity, probably the biggest one they've uh, completed today. One hundred and seven million euro for nine acres of prime land in Donnybrook. Yeah, and that was that was last June. And if you look at the the guide price uh, versus what it sold for, it was forty over forty percent more than the guide price. Now I remember speaking to Michael uh, last September about that, and people were questioning, you know, was that a sign of especially the underbidders? They were saying mad money, mad money. Exactly. The the we're seeing returns of the hubris associated with the the dot com, or sorry, with the, the the bubble era, and he pointed out at the time that just their own maths. If you look at the Marinella development back two years ago, they acquired that, and the cost per unit of that was about one hundred eighty thousand. Uh, the cost per unit of the Montrose site is about two hundred thousand, and they reckon a obviously house prices have increased since then, and also b that uh, apartments in in Montrose would probably attract a small premium to what you get out in Rathgar. Sure. Now, the amount of money that they've raised to date suggests a huge investor appetite in the Irish property scene. It's quite a turnaround, isn't it, from the the years of austerity and the bailout and so forth, where the Irish property market collapsed, the banking sector collapsed, nobody wanted into Irish property. It's a big turnaround. And indeed, we've seen other companies now, property companies, come to market in Ireland. Yeah, so um, you look at house prices where they are. Uh, late last year, they're running at 12% plus per annum. Now, Cairn uh, would say that they're attracting nowhere near the kind of uh, price, inflation. price inflation that you're seeing in, in the overall market. But again, in October, we saw another uh, shell, effective shell, uh, come to market Um with some seed uh, assets from Oak Tree, which is a U- U.S. Uh, private equity firm, uh, the company is uh, Glenvay Properties. Came to the market, raised. I think originally they were looking to raise about three hundred million. They ended up raising about uh, five hundred fifty million, uh, and most of that they've only deployed about one hundred fifty million of that so far. So most of that is, is actual cash. 
that is chasing assets in the in the market or mm. development land in the market at the moment. So finally, I understand why. I mean, you see the the CIF, the Construction Industry Federation, talking about eighteen thousand homes last year uh, versus uh, the SRI uh, projections of of ongoing demand in the region of about thirty five thousand. So there is that major gap between supply and and and, and demand. And finally, Joe, what's the investor view of Cairn Homes? What's expected of them for this year? Yeah, but look, if you look at, um, they came out with a trading statement uh, last week, uh, and certainly while uh, that the number of uh, home sale completions, uh, 418, it was above and beyond what they had forecast between 375 and 400. Uh, but the average price uh, per unit, I think was about 318,000, where I think Davy expected somewhere in the region of 350. And that's down to the mix of, of properties, uh, probably fewer uh, high cost apartments, versus kind of uh, three-bed semi-Ds out in Lucan. Um, so the stock came off a bit. I mean, the stock is 101.93 versus a, an IPO price of uh, of one pound, one euro back in 2015. So a 93% uh, increase on that in the space of two and a half years. Um, the stock has gone gangbusters in the last six months or so, so much so that uh, the, the, the the founder, directors, actually ended up selling a stake, uh, a 2.1% stake in the business back in September, raising in the region of about 26 million between them, taking <coughs> some, some of the cash off, off the table. There, there was a bit of a, a dip in the share price last week and they saw when the the the, uh, the average price was a bit below what the market had expected. But I think the outlook with property market going as it is, I think... Still most, positive? Well, most analysts would have a, a, a buy or similar recommendation on it. All right, Joe Ren, thank you for joining us. So it was a cold, bright Monday morning when I met Michael Stanley and his site manager, John, in their port cabin at Hanover Quay, where the construction of 122 apartments is currently underway. I wanted to find out a bit more about the project, but also why apartments here are so expensive. Ah, Michael, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, good. Happy New Year. And to you. And to yeah, you. Nice to meet you. you. So look, why don't we, yeah, why don't we talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Round around. Do you want to come with us, John? Yeah, yeah, I'll come with you. Can you yeah. answer any right. difficult questions? So, um, this will be the main entrance for the residential entrance of the building. Um, concierge painting the ground is laying out offices. And uh, sorry, that's for, that's for one of the doors. Yeah. How yeah. high is that? that? That's just under four meters. Um, yeah. So, so, so the, the door. Feet, what are we talking I mean, about? The, the, sorry, the door doesn't go all the way up. There's a there's a there's a spandrel, glass spandrel above it. But the door is still substantial. Inside that, yeah. yeah. You could. You, an oh, elephant so. could go through that doorway yeah. there. A slim elephant. A slim <laughs> elephant. Yeah. Michael, we're standing in what will be a two-bed apartment, 900 square feet, roughly speaking. How much is that going to go for? We haven't sold any of our apartments here yet, Kieran, and we haven't uh, we haven't set prices as of yet. Um, and uh, we probably won't be doing that until the middle of the year. So it's not something roughly I can speaking. answer. Give us, give us a. Well, give we're selling we're selling it we're selling apartments we we're selling about? apartments in Marianello, and we've sold over 130 of them um, to date. At approximately six hundred thousand euros, on an average, um, and I would expect this to be slightly higher than that. Wow! I mean, that's expensive. It is, but it's very, very expensive to build. This building that you're standing in here is costing us about forty million to build, little over, and our site cost was twenty million. So we're going to be sixty million of investment into this development before we get a euro back. And that's the difference between housing and apartments. Marianella, our, our peak bill cost in Marianella was over 55 million. Our site cost is over 40. So before we got any revenue in Marianella, we had over 90 million invested in, into land. The key, the thing that people must realize, apartment building is very different to housing. If you're building on a housing site, you can build the first 15 houses. 
your working capital is much, much lower. And once you sell the first 15 or the first third of a street, you sell them, then you build the next third of a street. Which is why in our recovery in the last two or three years in Dublin and Ireland, most of what you're seeing is three-bed semis and four-bed semis in suburbs. Because house builders that are capitally constrained can get back building in smaller housing schemes. Apartments are much, much more expensive, and the upfront capital requirement for both site and land is a massive multiple of housing sites. So, Michael, if this apartment is going to go for 600 grand or more, um, what's the profile of the typical buyer for an apartment like this? We have had a lot of inquiries from uh, local businesses that have uh, young and and maybe not so young executives that um, are working in large FDI companies, technology companies, banks, some of the, even the Brexit displacement companies that are coming in here that have made inquiries about the availability of apartments in Hanover Quay. One of the significant issues is there isn't enough residential to attract some of these companies. So no surprise, Kieran, we've had plenty of inquiries from those sort of businesses, possibly even uh, investors that might want to buy it and and see it as a a very good investment, particularly with the type of uh, rents in this location. Uh, an average two-bed apartment, as I understand in Hanover Key now, in terms of new product coming to the market, is over 3000 a month, is the average rent um, for a two-bed apartment. So a lot of people would still see buying as a, as a much more viable alternative for them than paying a very, very high rent. And indeed, as you get onto the Liffey, we can see it from the top, you know, you've got, you've got the whole run of our city and pretty much every building is the same height. And it's about certain. seven stories, yeah. So do you think yeah, time has come seven, for yeah. the city fathers, if you like, or, or the government, whoever uh, is in charge of this, whoever's call it is, is it time to go much higher? Well, I, I mean, much higher is probably a, a, an overstatement because you, you actually do get into certain viability issues with construction as you move, you know, mm. very high. So what's viable? But, but in, the, in a city like Dublin, what maximum height or number of stories would be viable? Well, I checked into a hotel in uh, a city in Europe recently, uh, and on the plaque outside the building, it had 1780. That's when the building was built. And they gave me a key to a room on the ninth floor. Okay. So... Well, nine floors isn't really going to change the it dynamic terribly. If you can go from six to nine floors, you're making much better use of your land. You've just added 30% more mm. space on the same site. Sure. And Michael, in terms of this site here in Hanover Key, do you think nine stories would have been the ideal use for it? Yes. Rather than the seven that you have? Yes, absolutely. And it would have allowed us to bring down the average cost of this apartment quite dramatically. These By how much? 20%. Okay, so about 120 grand? Yeah. So it comes down more towards the half yeah. a million mark. Yeah, no, the, land, the land cost is the same. Yeah. The basement cost is still the same. Your, 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 your superstructure, you're just moving up. And in fact, sometimes on the top floor, we put lightweight structures on anyway. They don't cost as much. So your substructure and superstructure are fixed. Mm. If you can go a little bit taller, and obviously as you move up above 9 and 10, there's other costs that have to come into play. But with our regulations, with our safety systems here, our fire, system, fire safety systems, with our circulation system, we could have gone a little bit taller. Um, but look, we're very happy to be building seven storeys. We're very happy that we took this from 122, 100 units to 122 units through planning. We had a, Dublin City Council were very supportive. Uh, we brought them through those changes um, sure. and uh, we got them through planning, so we're happy to get building. We couldn't afford to wait for another 12 months to see if we could get height here. We've got a lot of sites to get through. We want to get building in every site. Putting here.
Can I stand in there? You can, of course, stand in there. Yeah, you're grand, yeah. 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 <laughs> right, we're good. So, Michael, you, you might just describe what we're looking at here. I can see the Aviva Stadium here in front of me as we stand on the rooftop of Hanover Quay. We have the Dublin Mountains in the background, and we've obviously got a lot of building activity going on in the vicinity. Yeah, so we're on the... We're on the sixth floor here. We'll have one more floor on top of this to get us to the seventh floor in the front. And, and one of the tragedies of everything you see around you, with the exception of the tall building over here, absolutely everything in this area is office. Uh, we're building enough, you've probably heard me say this before, but we're building enough office space in Dublin, one, two, four and eight, to accommodate 60 to 70,000 employees, new employees. And we're building enough apartment space for 2,000. That's actual construction on the ground in our city at the moment. Why is it leaning so much towards commercial property? Because for the last number of years it was viable. We have, you know, office rents, let's face it, have moved from 30 euros a foot to probably 50 to 60 euros a foot. When capital is looking for a return from offices, it's less risky because oftentimes they're looking at one transaction on the other end when they have it constructed because they may have mm. a pre-let to a large multinational, etc., etc. Building spec apartments, you're dealing, we're going to be dealing with 122 different buyers here. So the funding requirement and to get capital and equity and loan and debt into apartment building is much, much harder than it is for office construction. And what it really means is we've continued to use a lot of our city centre land for offices. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but any city that properly plans for the future provides accommodation to marry with the new office. Still now, in my view, we're still facing a situation where those 60 to 70,000 new employees, because that's, you know, even with replacement, even if 40 to 50,000, what we're really saying is they're all going to be commuting into the city centre. Because the rental stock is full, we know that, and we're not building apartments for them. Or the alternative is, as the CEO of PayPal said recently, they can stay in hotel rooms. So that's, that's what she said her new employees were doing. So what uh, kind of war chests do you have available to you? For want of a better phrase, what kind of war chest is available to Cairn Homes to buy additional sites? Well, we're luckily at a stage now, we just turned over just over, just shy of 150 million in, in, in our second full trading year. Uh, we'll probably close to double that this year uh, in 2018. Uh, we'll expect to turn over in excess of 300 million. So uh, as we work through this year, we start to become quite cash generative as a business. Um, and that allows us to look to recycle capital if we feel that that'll give a good return for our shareholders. We do have a lot of sites to build through, so we're not necessarily acquisitive for, for uh, more broadly for, for land, certainly in suburban areas. But we do believe we're one of the few companies that have the capital structure to build large-scale apartment sites in the city centre. Uh, it's why I acquired RTE. I think, it's a, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to bring maybe north of 500 apartments in an area where they're badly needed. I think that site will, will not only provide people with an opportunity to trade down in the Dublin 4 location, but I think it'll also provide a location for people working in the city to own an apartment as well. We've just started building in Greenfield in Donnybrook as well. We're going to be building just under 90 apartments there. Um, our plans this year are to start a large apartment scheme also in Griffith Avenue, where we hope to build over 300 apartments. So Cairn really has almost two distinct businesses. We've got a lot of suburban land where we're building what we believe is very competitively priced uh, houses. Um, we, we just closed just over 400 units this year and all bar 40 of them were, were really uh, first time buyer stock in places like Shackleton and Lucan, Parkside, Churchfields and Ashburn, 
uh, and, and in Greystones. Um, so we'll continue to build scale residential housing schemes in the suburbs and we have a lot of land to do that on and, and, and we think that that land was bought very well. Um, and future opportunities for our business are probably more likely to be in city centre park schemes where, uh, where I think we've got good advantages and, and it's what the city needs. So uh, that's, that's probably our bias going forward, Kieran. If we are going to replace any of our land, we're more likely to look at, that, at the sort of higher density development in the city centre. And when are we likely to get details of your plans for the RTE site? Because it's great interest in it, obviously given its location in Montrose. Um, it's probably, um, we're probably going to be at least a year in, in, in design and planning, Kieran. We're not rushing that site, it's a special location. We're lucky to have other apartment sites to go on, like the one we've just started in Donnybrook. Um, and uh, we also have great apartment sites in Cross Avenue and Black Rock, in, in Barrington, in, in, uh, in uh, Fox Rock. Um, and, uh, we, we, and indeed we have, we have two or three very well-located student sites as well in the city centre, which, we, which, we, which, we, uh, which we're working through planning on. And Michael, our, yeah. can I just ask you about RTE? It was nine acres. The asking price was 75 million euro. You paid 107. Uh, obviously raises a lot of eyebrows because well over the asking price, but I know others uh, bid over the, well over the asking price too. But a number of your rivals uh, have suggested, perhaps cheekily, that you paid over the odds for, to secure that RTE site. What would you say to that? Um, I think um, I think RTE is just one of those very special locations. Uh, it was a competitive process. Um, there was a number of bidders, as I understand it, five companies were brought through to the final round and it was a very competitive process and we're just delighted that we got it and, and, and we're very, very happy with the price we paid for it. Uh, I believe that that development site could turn out to be the best development we'll ever do. Um, and for me, it was just one of those very rare opportunities to acquire an exceptional site in a great location in the city where there's obvious demand on a, on a if you compare it to Marianella, on a, on a pro rata basis per site, it's only marginally more expensive than what we bought Marinella for two years ago. Um, and that certainly is a very successful scheme. Um, and uh, we, we hope uh, Orti will be too. That was the end of our tour, but I still wanted to ask Michael for his views on the bigger picture for the Irish housing market. So we went back to the Porter Cabin to continue the conversation, and we'll be back with that after a short break. Only 29% of us know how much we need to live on in retirement. Irish Life is changing that with Empower, a new approach to company pensions that helps change the way your employees think about their future. For more, go to irishlifeempower.ie or talk to your pension consultant. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information sourced for Irish Life June 2015. Welcome back. This is Inside Business with Kieran Hancock. Let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes and it's also available on our website, irishtimes.com forward slash podcasts. This week I interviewed Michael Stanley of Cairn Homes and here are his thoughts on the housing market in Ireland. Okay, Michael, I suppose everybody is talking about the housing crisis in Ireland at the minute and you're one of the, or Cairn Homes at least, is, is one of the uh, big players in the residential housing markets uh, at the moment. Um, last year, which was your second full trading year, you completed 418 units, and I know you plan to ramp up activity as the years uh, roll by. But in your view, um, what's wrong with the housing market at the minute, and how can we fix it? I think um, I think what's wrong with the housing market in a lot of ways, Karen, is that we've a, we've an industry to, to to build to rebuild again. Um, the reality is when you when you have little or no <coughs> public or private house building for a decade. Um, it, it was always going to take time and it has taken time. 
um, probably more slowly, much more slowly than we would have hoped in terms of that ramp up. I think uh, based on on figures just out yesterday, I think we're going to build circa nine thousand homes. If you if you go off the probably price register as opposed to ESB connections, nine thousand homes in two thousand seventeen. 2017. 2017. Okay. How many do we need to build, in your opinion, to meet demand? Um, ongoing demand, twenty-five to thirty thousand. But you're not you're not eating into that six seven year um, undersupply, um, and uh, that's why we said in our statement we think for the current year and beyond nineteen certainly we're going to seriously undershoot what we need to build. Um, but I think we also knew that a couple of years ago. Um, it is going to take time. Um, there are positives. I think we're seeing more commencements. We're seeing more planning applications. Uh, we're seeing a government that is that is looking at ways to try and uh, improve and, and fast track certain things, uh, like planning, um, helping with infrastructure, which which for me is one of the, the key constraints. And they're looking at apartment regulations. And they're looking at apartment regulations, which is probably for me the most important thing, because yeah. whatever about off a very low base, a slight increase last year in supply, and, and you know and, and you know, don't forget three years ago, you know, we were building, if you look at three years ago, you know, we, 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 we built probably 5,000 homes. So we've only increased from five to eight, 9,000 in, in three or four years, which is, which is a very poor, poor response. But in that total is a little over 1,000 apartments. Um, so we're building very, very few apartments. And it's, and, it's, and it's difficult to build apartments in Ireland. They're expensive. Um, Why are they so expensive? Because there were some figures out... Uh, from the Society of um, Chartered Surveyors, which showed that the real cost of new apartment delivery uh, for a two-bed low-rise apartment in suburban Dublin it ranges from €293,000 to €346,000, and that excludes VAT. A medium-rise apartment, uh, a block of five to eight storeys high in the suburbs, costs between four hundred and four hundred eighteen thousand per apartment to deliver. And building the same block in the city would cost from a low four hundred seventy thousand to €578,000 at the higher end. I mean, these huge prices. That is expensive. It's too expensive. Why, why so expensive? Um, it's construction cost. It's, it's, uh, it's effectively, you know, apartments are much, much more expensive to build. The finance cost is higher. Your upfront capital commitment is higher. The uh, gross to net use of our apartment blocks is not as efficient as other cities. So we build a lot more space that's not necessarily sellable between lift cores and, and common areas. Um, but it's not only just regulations. Apartments are, are expensive to build in a city, um, and Dublin is no different. We also have high taxation. Uh, the reality is if somebody is buying a new home in Ireland for 320 or 330,000, 70, 80, 90,000 euro of that is going to the exchequer. Yeah. That's just the reality. Now, so, I know the industry has suggested a, a number of things that could be changed. I mean, changing the apartment regulations is one. Uh, changing the VAT rate down from 135 to 9% has been another, and, and maybe reducing some of the local authority levies and so forth. But what about the construction industry itself actually making some contribution to this in terms of construction costs? In terms of labour costs, in terms of materials, well, I don't know. Well, there must be some some way in which the construction industry can actually reduce, help to reduce the price of apartments. Well, I suppose. Look, Kieran, the, the the reality is that we are in a situation in our in our economy where wages are actually increasing, as we're aware. Um, labour cost is increasing. Um, that's a reality. We are an efficient country when it comes to producing building materials. 
uh, we've a lot of a lot of some of the biggest building supply companies in the world are Irish companies. So I don't think it's necessarily a materials issue. I don't believe fundamentally it's necessarily a land issue either. Um, it's just the collective cost of building apartments is quite high, and we need to we need to find ways to make them more efficient. Mm. What about profits? I mean, a lot of people think that builders are profiteering at the minute because house prices are rising by about eight percent a year. Uh, and there's an accusation that uh, some builders, I'm not saying it's Cairn Homes, obviously, but that some some uh, builders, developers are hoarding land. Well, why do we have, uh, why do we have uh, millions of square feet of office construction and little or no residential construction? Mm. Why? Well, simply capital goes where there's a return, Ciarán. So I think if the profits were as high in residential development, we'd see more residential development. That's That's... You know that's a fact, yeah. in my view. So, and I don't believe hoarding land is an issue. I think uh, if you look at our model, the only way we can make a return for our shareholders is by building on our land, and monetizing, and returning that capital to our shareholders by way of dividend or in other ways. We can't make money for our shareholders by holding onto land. Yeah. And our plan is to build on every site we own. We're building on ten at the moment, and we'll build on a number at least two or three more in in the coming 12 months um, and that's the only way a house builder can make a return How many homes do you expect to complete in 2018? Well we've just over 400 done in 17 Karen. we want to double that this year um, and our long term objective is is to build in excess of 1200 homes per year um, and we, we, we think we'll get there fairly quickly it takes time to scale a house builder um, but our expected Turnover will move from 150 million to probably double that this year, um, and our long-term objective is five to six hundred million turnover for our business. And what's the top price you've achieved so far for a, a Cairn property? Well, if you look at our um, results just out here, on you'll see our average uh, price uh, for our homes for the 417 homes we sold last year is just over 300,000 euros. Mm. But let's take Marianella. What's the top price you achieved in Marianella? I'm not at liberty to quote individual prices. It's not something that we provide to the market, uh, Kieran. But um, of the 417 homes that we sold um, last year, um, Marinella, Marinella made up about 45 of those. So over over 350 of the houses we sold were sold at very, we believe, very competitive prices in the low 300s. And that's our business model. Our business model is to acquire large-scale sites, uh, schemes where we can react to demand, where we've got economies of scale, um, and where we can bring competitively priced homes, largely directed at first-time buyers. So most of the homes that we sold this year were in suburban Dublin, um, three and four bed houses, uh, priced very competitively in the low 300s. And we don't believe that we could sell at the volumes we want to sell unless you were selling at that sort of price point. Because what people don't fully understand is, in my view, is that there is a, a price cap on housing because of the mortgage rules. And it's a very healthy cap. Because well, I was going to ask you about that. There's a lot of focus on these uh, central bank macro prudential rules. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with them or do you think they should be loose? Yes, I, I agree with the sensible mortgage market um, and a, a sustainable mortgage market. Um, thankfully, there's more liquidity coming back into the sector. What I don't agree with fundamentally, Bluntly, I don't agree with the interest rates our customers have to pay. I believe they're too high. Um, the cost of mortgages are high, but we are seeing more mortgage availability, and that's very important for our business model. Um, and there are probably some reasons for those mortgage rates. I'm not in that sector, so I you know, can't comment negatively, but we do have a cost of mortgages in Ireland which are 
in some cases, double the European average when it comes to interest rates. Yeah. And finally, Michael, if you were the Minister for Housing, it's a role that Owen Murphy uh, currently has of Fine Gael, but if you were the Minister for Housing, what initiatives would you take to try and solve the housing crisis? Not a politician, Kieran. So <laughs> all I can say is that I think, you know, the housing crisis has been, you know, a subject for not just the last six months, but probably the last two or three years. Um, uh, and uh, it's something that um, I think is needs to be addressed more aggressively, some of the issues. Uh, I think progress has been made, um, and I think uh, the government is very focused on helping us to fix that problem. We have a responsibility as well. We've got to ramp up as quickly as we can as a business, as do others in our industry. Uh, we need to see more house builders, both PLCs and private companies. We need to see more 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 uh, public sector construction as well, or you know, as well as private. So, um, I don't think any sector, uh, whether it's homes for sale or rent, uh, you know, supply is a problem across across the whole uh, divide. So, um, but I'm not a politician. I know from a current perspective, we'll just try and grow our business as quickly as possible in an efficient way, um, and deliver as many competitively priced homes as we can in the future years. Okay, Michael Stanley, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Joe Brennan and Michael Stanley of Kern Homes. Declan Conlon produced the show with JJ Vernon as sound engineer. Don't forget, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. You can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 